Hello and welcome to another episode of Grit, a hockey podcast coming at you with another timely episode. Very timely. The last one we recorded was timely. Just, you yeah. know, is lost to time. Listen, we made a mistake last time we tried recording. And that we was made a mistake. We... No, no, no. We made a mistake. Hold on. Hold on. We made a mistake. We joked about how you could find several more episodes on the dark web, and now we have one that can never be found by anybody. That was what really happened. That was the moment that my OBS fucked up. I think you're shifting blame. <laughs> um. No, the secret is is that Dakota hired a sniper to uh, destroy the recording. Um, and it was successful. No, that was that was Dylan. Dylan knows what he did, and he needed that to be erased. <laughs> Have you guys seen that episode of Metalocalypse where the singer decides that the record they recorded was shit and just destroys it in a tequila field rage? That's what Dylan did. <laughs> He's like, I fell asleep on the podcast and started snoring. Nope, not <laughs> deleted. To my, uh, not to my recording, granted, to yours, because fuck you, I guess. <laughs> hey, I mean, getting rid of yours is only getting rid of part of the problem, but making it so he can't combine them is the exact thing to do to make it unsalvageable. All right. Uh, so uh, in case you're new to the podcast, uh, my name is Dakota. I'm joined by three friends, uh, one of which knows a lot about hockey. His name is Jake. I am Jake. I'm going to be really safe with this because nobody wants to have fun on this podcast. Exactly. This is not a fun <laughs> podcast at all. Exactly. Uh, this was definitely the first take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm also joined by two more friends. They have uh, joined in on the hockey fandom this year. One of these people is Devin. Hello, I'm uh, Devin, and Jake's intro put me to bed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and finally, we're joined by Dylan. Hey, I don't have anything funny. Evidently. <laughs> I kind of want that silence to stay. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll keep it in. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, we are a podcast about the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, a lot of this podcast is us uh, kind of trying to explain the the sport of hockey to our two friends. Uh, because it is a sport that has brought lots of joy to me and Jake in the past, and we are horribly overdue uh, for some episodes because of scheduling errors. And, uh, you know, uh, Dylan going on Tequila Field rages and destroying my recordings. Yep. Yeah, a lot of this podcast is us not existing. The actual reason that we didn't record is because I found my new passion. Oh. Um college basketball oh yeah. that is the sole reason we haven't recorded that's not a recent development sco buffs um got a lot of money down on march madness definitely <laughs> <laughs> we watched that uh pac-12 championship last night um that bill walton guy is fucking nuts that guy is crazy he was on something Buffaloes and beavers stampeding, building dams, making habitats for others. You that know, has something to do with sports, apparently. You know, the beaver is much smaller than the buffalo, but causes more environmental damage. However, both animals are sacred to, sacred to the native people, and that's the kind of commentary that we needed for our basketball. 
That guy's fucking tight. <laughs> we need to see if we can't get him to interview on our podcast. I need NBC to just like talk about how avalanches are crushing like a flock of ducks or something I in the middle of the game. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a flock of kings. A flock of kings. <laughs> I was trying to figure out kings, how to make that work succinctly and just couldn't get there. So what's the council of kings? What is the name for a group of kings? Let us know. Um, a school of kings. Smile. Anyways, um, uh, at the at the beginning of last episode, I promised we'd be doing stuff a little bit more often. Uh, however, with the schedule um, that all four of us are on, um, it actually became really hard to make some time for us to be able to do that. Uh, and I was not very good about conveying that messaging. So for that, I apologize. But we are going to try to get at least one episode out a week because we found a day that has worked for everybody. Uh, we might be trying for an extra one sometime soon just to kind of make up, but I cannot promise that that will happen. I was going to say, don't make any promises after this. Oh, no, definitely Grave, not. dismaying failure. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of failures and graves, um, Ryan Graves. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> We have many things to say here. <laughs> he had, I was sitting there thinking about how he had a great game tonight, and then that fucking breakaway, <laughs> like the yeah, penalty and happened, had, and I was just like, well. He decided that uh, he didn't want to be on his feet anymore, and anybody near him didn't want to be on their feet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part was that play wasn't even dangerous. That guy wasn't even going to get to the puck before Groovy could handle it, but Graves just decided to trip him. I was like, this is so dumb. Yeah, it was just a uh. dumb panic play. Um, So we can get more into the tragedy that is Ryan Graves. Um, As we kind of go over these games, we're going to break down all the games that we missed. There are 16 of them, so we're not going to sit there and talk <laughs> about each and every one of them. We're just going to kind of give you a, kind of a scoreline and how we felt about that one, just general thoughts. Um. So you know, I didn't realize how bad it was until you said there were sixteen of them. <laughs> there were eight before we, uh, before Dylan destroyed our last recording. That's the story I'm I sticking know. to. I will never let that okay. go. Thank you, Dylan. You're welcome. I'm happy to be the scapegoat. Um. Yeah. Um. So, for those of you who do not know, uh, one of the reasons that we actually were not able to put out an episode was because there was a two-week break for the Colorado Avalanche because of COVID. Very yep. exciting. One Marcus Foligno decided they couldn't win the games and then uh, went with uh, biological warfare instead of playing hockey. Yeah. yeah. Um, and look how it's worked out for It's all very them. angry. Very well. <laughs> yep. uh, Bold so, strategy. It paid off for him. So they played one <laughs> game against Minnesota before that COVID break. Um, that was a 2-1 avalanche win where the avalanche looked pretty good, uh, but the referees did not. Uh, we could probably say that about most of the games we will be talking about. Um, literally any game we've watched. Yeah, it's been it's been rough this year. It's been really it's really been bad. Not great. I hate being like the ref guy who bitches about refs, but um, every game I've watched, there's been like insanely questionable calls. Hey, I'm a rookie, and I will uh, be the scapegoat here. Fuck the refs. Um, they're bad. Worst All my team homies. in the league. This on the podcast that shall not be named, but I have hopped on board 
the fuck the rest train, and I understand why that is so prevalent in many sports, I think. And uh, not good. Yeah, on that pod, you said that you thought that that was a, a fake thing that people were, like, joking about, and now you're like, no, it's real. <laughs> Actually, fuck the zebras. My peepers hurt. My peepers hurt whenever I see the refs call something bullshit. Very cool. Yeah, dude. It's bad. My peepers hurt more when when they don't call something that is egregious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like knocking Rantanen over and then calling Naz for like the babiest fucking call I've ever seen right after. Yeah, just a re- like a regular old stick lift and it's like, oh, well, you know, he clearly kicked the stick out of the dude's hands and you just can't do that. Um, so yeah, uh, Minnesota game went pretty well for them, uh, right before the COVID break. Uh, then they got to play a game against the Vegas Golden Knights, probably their stiffest competition in the division, uh, certainly at the time and definitely right now, Vegas is looking like it's a fucking wagon this year. Uh, they had two weeks of no hockey and a bunch of players that were still unable to play because they were still on the COVID list, including Gabriel Landeskog, Sam Gerrard, Tyson Jost. Uh, they came back and they lost that game one nothing, which is perfectly reasonable considering the, all the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the lost episodes, but Flurry is ridiculous. He was ridiculous. We probably should have won most of those games and would have if not for him. Yeah, uh, it was a four-game series. That was just the first one. Flurry played out of his mind. Yep. So did Grubauer, to be fair. But uh, Flurry was definitely the difference maker in that one, I think. So in the episode that uh, shall not be named, I uh, had come to realize on how important goalies were in uh, in these games because like some of them just play out of their minds, um, and some of them are Hunter Miska. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, so the second game in the Vegas series was the outdoor game at Lake Tahoe, or rather, right next to Lake Tahoe on the golf course. Oh boy, that yeah, was very. A trip. Yeah, good time. I I liked seeing uh, our boys' shadows. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to tell where they are in three-dimensional space. Wow. (laughs) I liked seeing our boys break their ankles on the ice. Yeah, (laughs) so the major story about that one uh, is that the NHL tried to play the game in the afternoon, uh, but because they are in Nevada next to a lake that doesn't freeze, uh, part of the reason that being the sun is hot, uh, the ice conditions for the beginning of the game, the first period, were completely awful. There was just lots of puddles, lots of like holes in the ice. People were tripping over absolutely nothing because the conditions were really bad. So they had to postpone the remainder of the game until later that night, uh, where the ice was actually acceptable. Yeah, that game, we got a beautiful quote. We did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sun has long been the enemy of the NHL. Yes. Gary Bettman revealed what we all knew, that the NHL is actually a secret cabal of vampires um, coming out there saying the sun has long been the enemy of the NHL as he stares right up at it scornfully. So I actually saw some discussion with the lead ice guy 
for that. Yeah. And he said even if it was like 50, 60 degrees, he could have kept the ice fine, but it's the direct sunlight that is that fucked him. I believe that. But even if... Yeah, he was like, even if it was like a kind of warm day, like the ice would have been okay. It's just the fact that there was no coverage at all. Yeah. Like cloud coverage. Yeah, and, and that's by design, right? With that golf course, they... They want you to be able to see. Ooh, the they scenery. control the weather, huh? <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's just no like shady spots aside from like trees that are in places where you couldn't build an ice rink right next to it, right? Like they had to build it on the fairway. Um, I like and then the, the weather NHL... control angle. <laughs> and then the NHL decided we'll just set up shop here. Very cool. I mean, that's fine. They thought it was going to be a cloudy day and said it was going to be in the uh, uh, forecast. It snowed the night before and was super uh, shitty. So they were like, we're good to go. I mean, if you look at where the clouds are, they're everywhere but where the sun is. Um, the worst part is, is in the Avalanche 360, like, of that, before the game, like, two hours, it was super cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that first period was a disaster. They made us wait about two hours before we knew what was going to happen for the rest of the game, which was also very fun. Uh, and then, you know, the last two periods happened. The Avalanche came away with a 3-2 win. Uh, and we got one of the be- one of the best quotes, in addition to the uh, the Gary Bettman one, uh, from one Mister Petrangelo, defenseman for the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh boy! Yep, Nathan McKinnon in his zone, like next to the goalie, gets the puck, and Petrangelo's like, "Oh boy!" And the McKinnon comes and scores like ten seconds later. Yeah, like I love how he on. fucking knew he was fucked before like McKinnon even exited his own zone. Yeah, he just saw McKinnon got the puck and was like, "Shit!" <laughs> <laughs> he knew he was mic'd up. Uh, I feel like most players would have let that let an "oh shit" go, um, and we would have yep. never heard it. But luckily, it was an "oh boy." Um, and we got some comedy out of it. Think of the it's, children. It's been long <laughs> enough since we recorded that I have a shirt commemorating that quote now. To be fair, I made that shirt like within a week or two of it happening. <laughs> Still been a month, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Avalanche ended up winning three two. Uh, series came to Colorado, uh, where. The Avalanche won their first, uh, the first of the two game home stretch, three two, uh, and lost the second one, three nothing. Um, I don't really remember much about these games other than Mark Andre Fleury was insane, especially in the shutout game, that three zero loss. Uh, the Avs should have had lots more uh, production on on the offense than the scoreboard showed, and that was purely. That was another Fleury. one where the Avs could have won it. I think. Yeah. Because um, I believe it was a, a 2-0 game where they got the 3-0 on the empty netter, right? So it was a close game, yeah. um, closer than the score suggests. Followed immediately after that, we got crushed by Minnesota, 6-2, loss. Um, that was that a very sucked. bad game. I hate Capri Sun. Kuro it Capri Sun, it's too good. Weirdly enough, that was another game that was a lot closer than the scoreline suggests. Um it was like a 3-2 game or something, and then the Avalanche made some mistakes, and Minnesota... Fell apart more. in the third. Yeah. We got the old Ryan Graves special. Yeah. Very cool. Turnovers at the blue line. <laughs> um, so that was a bad series of two games between the Vegas and Minnesota ones. Uh, they followed it up by two good, two very good games against uh, Arizona in Arizona, 
first game of that series, the Avs won 3-2 pretty convincingly, um, and then they just absolutely dominated 6-2 the next game. Yeah, we almost fucking lost the Arizona game with Miska in that 3-2-1. Those two goals were at the very end. Yeah, it was a 3-0 game. Miska decided he didn't want to play hockey anymore and almost let him back in. Decided to go way out of position on one of the goals. The other one was fine, but that one... (laughs) And then, you know, that one was like really a a premonition for games to come for him because holy fuck oh, that yeah. was him the entire game <laughs> one Miska. of these coming up ones we'll get to that we're gonna go in depth on the last like five games um starting yeah, i just with wanted one, to yeah foreshadow yeah. dude fuck man yeah my yeah. boy Munka miska uh, <laughs> um miska s so uh the next day i believe uh, might have been, might not have been a back to back, but I feel like I was a back to back on that one. Uh, they went into San Jose, they lost six two. The Avs blew that one. They played horrible. We went on a rant yep. about it. You will never hear it. Um, we were <laughs> upset, especially about Ryan Graves. Yeah, you know that goofy meme where it's like a weird looking goofy and it says, "You want to see me fucking do it again?" That's yeah, just Ryan Graves, that's bro. Ryan Graves. They followed it up by a, a dominant 4-0 win the next game, so a lot of those hard feelings we had in that moment were alleviated. Not much to say there. You probably want to get the win against San Jose both of those games because they are a weak team that you should be devouring, but at least they came out with at least two points for winning. Then the Avalanche began their nine-game homestand, um, starting with two games against the Ducks. Um, they won that first one three to two. That one was kind of a weird game. It was an overtime win. It felt like the Avalanche should have dominated that one on the score line. Um, but it took overtime to get it done. Yeah, I mean it'll be a it'll be a narrative I'm sure we talk about, and it was kind of let up a little bit on tonight. But for a solid stretch there, the Avs just couldn't score any fucking goals. They were playing the way they were supposed to. They just couldn't finish. Uh, much like many men smile <laughs> yeah like Kadri was just like you know Kadri's had a ton of high danger chances like seven high danger chances a game by himself yeah. <laughs> and just like not scoring <laughs> he was very snake bitten for a while he started to really pick it back up especially tonight uh yeah good good to see them starting to roll in for him because he definitely was doing the right things and creating those opportunities for himself it sucked because people were shitting on him and saying how bad he was playing and stuff. And yeah. he just wasn't. They were saying it about everybody <laughs> was... on that line. And that second yeah. line has been really game-changing. People have been shitting on Saad, too, and I don't see that either. No, Saad's really I just really think they good. really... He's just not, like, a sexy player, you know? No. He's not flashy. Uh, maybe to some he is not. I think that what he does is very hot. Well, so I think the thing is, is that if you know what, like, if you know about hockey and like actually understand the sport, um, you'd know that he's a good player. And a lot of these people are Broncos fans who, you know, are watching the team for the first time. So, <laughs> okay. Sorry. No. 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 Sorry. They say they say they've been fans friends since '94. Uh, I mean, since '96. But what they mean is they were fans from '96 to 2001, and then didn't watch the team until this year. <laughs> yeah. Smile. That's um, my rant. Especially I'm just not going to the, go there, but I feel your frustration. <laughs> um, so, this is where I think uh, we're going to start kind of dissecting these games. So, we're going to start with that second Ducks game. One of the most frustrating games of hockey I've ever seen in my life. One of the worst I've ever watched. 
what it made me the most mad I've ever been almost. And it wasn't the avalanche's fault. And it wasn't the ref's fault. I mean, it was the avalanche's fault to an extent, but like we'll get into the back and forth on like the factors that go into that, but continue. Um, so the Colorado Avalanche went down two nothing early on in that first Ducks game, came back, made the full comeback, and won. They went down 2-0 in this second one and made the comeback to make it 4-2. Clearly dominating, scoring four straight goals, driving the play, doing everything it is that they needed to do to win. And real quick, I just have to say, those two goals they gave up early in the first, dog shit. Should have never been let in. So one of them was a mixture of Burakovsky and Hunter Miska not reacting in time. Um, I I think every goal aside from that, um, aside from that first goal where he shares some of the blame and the last goal in overtime was not his fault either, but every other goal is actively Hunter Miska's fault. Um, I think even the first one is a problem too, but I get where you're coming from. It's a problem, but Burakovsky should have had his man there. Um, And he just didn't. So it's it's both of them at that point. So the Avs lose five to four in overtime. Yep. <laughs> after coming back and making it a four two game. And Hunter Miska is a person who has played that position for more for more than a decade at this point. Probably right, and he's played he's, goalie. His you're stealing my rant. He's played goalie. He's played goalie his entire life. You know he's trained for this. He's he's had success in every level. Like being out of position to the degree degree that he was, and being as uncomfortable as he was. People were like, well, "What do you expect? He's an AHL goalie. He's not. He's gonna look bad in the NHL." No, idiots. He's been doing this forever. The kind of mistakes he was making were not mistakes that even an AHL goalie, even though even an ECHL goalie well, so would make. The problem, the problem with Hunter Miska that game is that he forgot the core tenant of being a goalie, which is you stand in the way of the puck to stop it from going in the net because he was actively dodging the puck. Like he would yeah, see he was the puck moving coming. out of position. So I, I, I broke this down for Devin yesterday um because he did not see that game but i broke down each and every one of these goals and there are goals where hunter miska looks at the guy who has the puck squares up exactly the way he is supposed to was ready for an easy save and then decides that when the puck is coming he's going to go the other way rather than standing his ground like he should as a goalie hence my nickname monka miska i see like elderly grandmothers playing goalie in beer league that are more composed playing fucking goalie than Misko was in that game. It is. And again, like, you know, you have a bunch of people that are like, you can't shit on him. How dare you shit on him? It's the Avs fault too. But the issue is, is that you're like, you know, you're, you're playing at a professional level, you know, you get paid to not be out of position and shit. If some guy beats you glove side and you can't react, that's like a normal AHL goalie problem. Mm-hmm. Flying out of the net the opposite way the puck is going is not a normal AHL goalie problem. And, and he did it like two or three times on on those goals. And like that was the reason they went in. 
and he's been good in the AHL. Yeah. It's not like he's some bottom-tier call-up from the ECHL bullshit goalie. He's looked good in the AHL. Yeah. This is completely out of character, so it's fair to shit on him. Yeah, and I'm not sitting here, like, actively rooting against Hunter Miska, because you don't, hunt, you don't root against people on your team, right? If everybody on your team is good, your team succeeds, right? But you need to be able to criticize your players when they are not performing very well, right? I think it's completely fair to have that criticism to be very harsh on a player who knows exactly what is expected of him and performs as he is supposed to right up until the most critical moment that you could possibly have as a goaltender. I think that that's completely fair. In that Arizona game, he looked good until the end when he gave up two goals. Yeah, he he started getting jittery because he was about to get his first NHL win. And you can, like, that's understandable right? And you don't want it to happen. And it's cool that he was able to pull out the win at the end there and good for him. Um, That's definitely a rooting moment for him. But he spent that entire second Ducks game looking horrible. Well, and then so I wanted to get into what is something I alluded to earlier. Yeah. Um, And that is the team playing badly in front of him. And like, yes, they played badly in front of him for the most part. But how confidently can you play if you don't feel like your goalie can make a save for you, right? Like, yeah. are you going to make any offensive chances? Like, are you going to do try to do anything to, like, you know, keep him out of a position where he's going to fail you? Like, you're going to be as safe as you can, and that's not winning hockey, right? Mm-hmm. But, and... you know, it's that was also one of the games where the Avalanche were at the pinnacle of their defensive injuries. No Bowen Byram, no Kale McCarr, no Eric Johnson still. Who knows if that guy is even still alive? Like, it, it's tough. But, but you still have to show but, up. I, well, I mean, I still even have something for that. Because even with, you know, two-thirds of a fucking AHL defense, the Avs have had the lowest shots on goal across that, even including that game, these stretch of games. And, like, none of the shots are quality shots. Yeah. Like, the Avs aren't letting people get quality shots off either, except for Ryan Graves when he gives up breakaways. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's low shots, like, below 30, some, often below 20 every game. Um, and all the shots are from the outside, like, safe spots, right, where you, wouldn't, where you would expect easy saves to get made, and they aren't. It's, it's a struggle, man. It's... The Avs are playing some of the best defense of any team in the league with four AHL defensemen. <laughs> yeah, it's been unreal. Um, but including in that game, which is why it was frustrating. Yeah. Because, you know, Misko just... Even Bednar was like, we should have won that game, but we couldn't make a save. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't get a save in his post-game interview. And from that man, that is scathing. Yeah. Um, Bednar is a person who doesn't blow up on anybody. He doesn't have a bad word to say about people. Um, so for him to like quite clearly say we should have won, but we didn't get saves when we needed to, that's the equivalent of pointing the finger and saying, fuck that person, right? Yeah. I mean, and he did also say like, oh, you know, Burkowski took that stupid penalty in the Ozone where he cross-checks the dude in the neck and shit. And it's like, yeah, that sucks. And he shouldn't do that and should be recommanded, reprimanded and called out. But like, People are, people are like, you can't be mad at him for not saving on all these bad things. And it's like, no, your goalie's there to make a fucking save. Well, like, you can... Because you're play- like your skaters aren't perfect. The goalie is there because skaters aren't perfect. You need someone to make a save. 
you can you explain might as well have a shooter tutor in that if Sorry. <laughs> he's not battling the player in front of him and he's getting screened and he doesn't see the puck but he sees the puck yeah. he's in the right spot and then he just makes the wrong move and he moves out of it yeah, yeah. like i said for like three of those goals he could sit there and the save would just be made because they shot it to where his chest would be if he didn't like shoot out of the way of it he, he and... wouldn't even need to move he would need to like shrug his shoulder to stop some of those. Goals. I swear to fuck, the Avs would have won that game with a shooter tutor in net. Like, yeah, it was an easy win, and it's so fucking annoying, dude. Yeah, they um, the bright side is they got three points from the Ducks out of a possible four, so that's a winning percentage. Um, it's a frustrating game to lose, but at the very least, you come away with some points, and it really helps them in the standings. Yeah, one of the roughest things is that you have a lot of Avs fans who are like overly negative and overly critical. Um, and you have a lot of people who are also fighting against that. Yeah. And it was frustrating with that game because any fair criticism was just met with, oh, Avs fans are overly critical, of course. Like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you have to learn how to differentiate between actual criticism and like, you know, some guy complaining that we didn't win by four goals instead of two goals. Like, yeah. Because, I mean, I saw that last game, too, where we won by two, and someone was like, well, we should have had, like, six goals. Like, this sucks. And it's like, well, oh. won the game. Uh, we'll, we'll get to <laughs> pretty that decisively. pretty decisively <laughs> pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk a lot about that game. Yeah. So, uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that Ducks series from what you saw? I mean, you hit most of what I was thinking, and, I mean, you've already explained it to me, so obviously that's you know, my opinion is shaped by you guys heavily, especially not knowing exactly uh, what's going on in most games. But it's like, damn, <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like, I, after you show me what it is exactly he did, it's like, I don't know what else to say, you know? Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, you were there when I was breaking it down with Devin, too. I was there for the actual game and you guys were pissed. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> just... Yeah. So bad times, but you put it in the you put it back in the in the rear view. You take a look at the uh the points and that's really what matters from the series. So we can be critical of Hunter Miska. Um fairly critical of not scoring, like Yeah. Um but the reality is that it's not the full blown disaster that it may feel like in the moment. The reality after that series, and that's continued even to today, mm -hmm. is that the Avs don't have a losing record against any team in the division. No. The Avs are even or ahead against every single team. And so you look at these points spread and you're like, oh, well, the Avs were in fifth at one point and they're in fourth and they're in third. And like you get a little worried about that. But, I mean, if you continue to have a winning percentage against every single team, it's going to even out. Yeah, exactly. Um, typically, you want to win close to two-thirds of your games to make the playoffs, right? And yeah. the Avs are on pace for that. Um, but in a, in, a, in a season like this, where you are only playing your in-division uh, teams, you could probably get away with less than that, right? Depends on how they play, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, the Avs were kind of in a goal-scoring slump for the next uh, three games. Not that they played bad. They played really well. They did everything they needed to do. 
Um, they just weren't able to kind of uh, bank them in the way that you would expect them to do with such a high-octane and high-profile offense. Uh, the they... story of all of these games was the Avs dominating and not scoring. Yeah. And then losing off of, like, deflections off of their own players. Yes. Um, it was admittedly a really annoying stretch of hockey to watch, to be honest. Yeah. That well, shit um, really yeah. sucks. Um, uh, no matter what you're doing, I feel like it is very tough yeah. uh, for you to give it your all and then just lose because of bad luck. Especially multiple games in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, that's, sorry, that's the very, way that hockey goes, though. Yeah. That is hockey. It usually doesn't manifest so regularly in a small set of time. Um, it's usually not like four games in a row of just bad luck making you lose. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that was definitely this time. I mean, but even <laughs> I, then, I was they curious. didn't go on a huge losing streak. They only lost uh, two games in a row or something like that, so... Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, um, it's not like it was some catastrophic, super bad thing. It was just like the apps were playing super well, and even in the games they won, they just weren't scoring. Yeah. Um, and so it made it close. And it, I, was, I was interested as, like, new hockey fans. Like, that's the kind of shit that's spooky. I feel like that's the kind of shit that's hard to wrap your head around until you watch a lot of hockey, like, how that dynamic can play out. Um, I feel like it is... Um... Very rough as a uh, as a new fan to sit here and watch um your team you know play out of their mind and then this guy walks up um hits it and by chance um it hits your uh, your your team stick uh by a very small amount by the way and then flies into the air and into the net. And to uh, clarify, this is the first Coyotes game. Yep. Yeah. That, uh, at home. Sorry. So, like, third overall, first at home. Just, uh, wow. <laughs> well, so, a fun fact is that every single goal the Coyotes scored in that series um, bounced off an Avalanche player. <laughs> <laughs> or their stick. All of them. And that is insane. Yeah. <laughs> Four goals. Um, you normally only get one or two of those over a like long stretch of time. They got four in two games, um, which is wild. The only other crazy thing I've seen like that comes close to that in terms of bad luck is the New Jersey Devils scoring four on themselves in a single game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where like, and it wasn't even like deflections off of sticks or anything. It was like this shoots into the air, bounces off some dude's helmet off of another dude's shoulder and over the goalie into the net, like crazy fucking like <laughs> Looney Tunes goals. Um, but this was basically just that spread across two games of just like, oh, my God. And the Avs playing hockey that was like winning hockey that like you would have expected them to win. Yeah. Um, um they lost that first one, three, two off of three weird goals and just not being able to put it into the net themselves. Um, and they yep. were, were able to walk away with a two, one win in the second one, despite weird Looney Tunes shenanigans going on where Wiley fucking coyote is sitting there, like painting false nets on the avalanche end and having it ricochet in and shit. <laughs> For real dude. And so this is where I start to differentiate from some apps fans that I've been seeing on the internet. Um, and so far that seeing the abs win in a play sense, but losing a score sense is just like, 
Yep, that's frustrating, but it's hockey. It's cool. Yeah. Um, and eventually you think to see that like be fixed, and it has. Yeah. Like basically the the answer there is patience, and then it was rewarded pretty quickly. I felt. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was a little bit of a bit of a slump, a little bit of bad luck, feels bads, right? Um, but I mean, honestly. The avalanche kind of walk away, shaking their heads and and just shaking it off, right? Um, they as the great Taylor Swift once said, "Shake it off." <laughs> I, are you thinking of Florence and the Machine? No, no. Okay, great modern philosopher. <laughs> oh no, Florence and the Machine wanted you to shake it out, not shake it off. That is my mistake. Yeah, Taylor Swift, f- uh, famous current day philosopher, once said, "Haters gonna hate, 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 and I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake it off." Oh, I see. Get with the times, old man. The future is now. Not a huge T Swift fan. I'm more into Nirvana. Oh God, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Uh, Say what you want about Tay Tay, but I mean, at least she makes good music. Fuck, bro. <laughs> uh, okay, so to round it out, last few games of this stretch that we missed: two uh, a win against the LA Kings and a four one win tonight um, here in the middle of Snowmageddon. And way to date the episode. Smile. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> So, that first 2-0 Kings win, um, that first period was kind of uh, scary heart attack hockey, where both teams were getting opportunities, nobody was putting him in, um, lots of shooting lanes being blocked by both teams, Ryan Graves giving up two breakaways in one single period, very okay, cool listen. stuff. I think that because your girlfriend is a Kings fan, you're being biased. Yeah, I've dominated them that entire game. Mm, that's not what the game flow chart says about that first period. Um, the game flow chart can suck these nuts. <laughs> no, um, so so the reality is the Avalanche had more sustained zone time, and the they just didn't get really good high quality chances off of it. But the Kings weren't really getting that same sort of offensive uh zone time but they got the more dangerous opportunities that period by a mile because they got two or three breakaways off of like graves not being able to skate in transition in transition is a needless modifier he's just unable to skate yeah like it's, i could put my rollerblades on and go out on the ice and skate better than he fucking does like oh my god it's he he like scooby doo feats Whenever he takes a shot and it deflects out of the zone and he's like, fuck, I got to get back. He's just like moving his feet like a mile a minute, but not going anywhere. It's like watching PK Subban skate. It's like PK Subban knows how to like move, yeah. but it's still just like way too Looney Tunes fucking Bugs Bunny shit on the ice. <laughs> like it's I need to so show these absurd. two guys a picture of PK Subban skating because it's hilarious. It's it's real bad. Um. So yeah, they traded shots a little bit uh, in that first period, but from that point on, the Avalanche really, really shut down any sort of offensive production that the Kings might have had. Uh, The Avalanche had lots of opportunities to try to put one away. 
Cal Peterson was playing pretty damn well, only letting in one goal, um, getting some some puck luck on his side for some of those saves, like saving a puck that's about to go in with the very back of his skate blade type shit. Um, I uh, I was able to watch that with my girlfriend and her dad, which was a pretty interesting experience. Uh, they are pretty big Kings fans, so it was pretty cool being able to see the game from a more neutral position and being able to both laugh about the people on our teams that we hate, uh, namely Ryan Graves and Drew Doughty. Um, very funny. That guy doesn't know how to skate either. He moves his feet a mile a minute, and Nachushkin just strides in with three steps and is out out uh, skating him somehow. Uh, very <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, um, I had a really good time. Uh, they are very happy with the way that Peterson played that game. Um, and I can't blame them. Uh, that game should have been ridiculously, uh, lopsided. And he was able to make it a 1-0 game until they pulled him and the avalanche got an empty net to make it 2-0. Yeah, he's been good. So finally, we have the Avalanche 4 1 win over the Kings tonight. Winning in pretty convincing fashion. Kings? More like peasants. Uh, got got they him? They did not look very good today. They didn't look good yesterday or Friday either. I mean, I'm sure they didn't look good yes look good yesterday either because they're fucking monsters. But you know, <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> um, today yeah, they really kind of gave bad. up over after that second goal. Uh, as they weren't able able to really keep up with the Avalanche for a good portion of the game, and then it just really seemed like they were not trying super hard. Uh, after that second one went in. Yeah, I mean, they had some good zone presences in the second and third periods to try and come back. Their power play so looked gonna really say nice. I, yeah, so I'm not going to say I feel like they necessarily, like, you know, phoned it in, but they didn't look awesome. On five on five, I guess, is the stipulation that I would say. Um, five on five, right. they... It just seemed like there was a drop in effort uh, looking looking at it uh, on 5-on-5. Five five. They'd get their power plays. Uh, Drew Daddy would fuck it up, but they would look pretty good aside from that. As I predicted, he was trying to make his case for the Canadian Olympic team and failed. Because he looks awful. Uh, he does not look good. He does that Looney Tunes skating where uh doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> we had a break and I showed off PK Subban skating, so now the two newbies know exactly what that means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say other than the Avalanche scored the goals that they haven't been scoring in the last three games. They've been consistently playing well. They've been putting on the pressure in the offensive zone. They've been suppressing as much as they can in the defensive zone. Uh, they look really good, and this is a result that reflects it probably a little bit better than some of the other games that we've seen them play recently. Yeah, so one of the things, and this is addressed, addressed directly at the newbies, um, you're expected to score some like dirty, shitty, weird goals 
Not every goal is going to be like a highlight reel, top shelf snipe, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a part of scoring a lot in hockey is just getting some good luck, and the Avs have gotten none of it. And then this game, the puck bounced off of Renouf's skate over the goalie, and then Donskoy put it in. And I was like, okay, well, that was the stupid fucking dumb luck we needed. Yeah. Not Donskoy, I don't know who it was. Yeah. yeah. Um. But so, yeah, those kinds of, like, super weird goals, or even, some, like, weird deflections that the Yavs got scored on them by the Coyotes off of themselves. Yeah. We need some Yodi's uh, luck. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> okay, we would like some Yodi's luck. No, we just want the luck, not not the play, okay? Oh. Well, okay. The problem with wanting their luck is that I think that also comes along with, like, drafting a bigot and then having to give up his rights and um, maybe we don't want it okay <laughs> yeah and losing like you know draft picks because we illegally tested players when we weren't supposed to and um i don't want the coyotes yuck luck <laughs> that, i don't know if that was luck. luck yeah uh -oh. i feel like maybe that was intentional yeah on all accounts maybe it feels like bad uh, management thinking about it Speaking of Snowmageddon, my lights just flickered, so we'll see how this develops. Uh, it's fine. Huh. If we lose you, we'll just go on without you. Uh, brave the storm, much like you're going to have to in order to find you. <laughs> it won't be much of a loss. <laughs> uh, nothing important was, uh, you know, was lost here. I contribute the least to this podcast. If I'm gone, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we need you for the spicy takes, all right? <laughs> You're the Bill Spicy Walton takes. of the podcast. <laughs> Avalanches taking over monarchies, crushing kings. <laughs> uh, we already have a volunteer for your spot, so that's pretty pog. It's our producer, Drew. <laughs> His name isn't Drew, <laughs> and I don't even think he would qualify as a producer. Um, <laughs> that was the one. That was ye old Steve Dangle joke. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm I'm aware of Mr. Dangle and his dangits. Steve Dangleberry. Uh, so yeah, wow. I mean, I I guess the only the only two things left to talk about are the plague that is uh, striking against the Avalanche in form in the form of the injury bug. Um, Ouchies. and a quick look at the standings. When I say we have four AHL defensemen. I mean, we have three AHL defensemen and Ryan Graves. And Ryan Graves, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, everybody's hurt. <laughs> I don't like, know if you have a full list of that until shit. It hurts. Uh, I can find one. Um, we can talk about the notable ones. Uh, Nathan McKinnon was out for a few of these games because he took a fucked up hit to the jaw. Gutless uh, hit by a nobody playing his first game of the year. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. Um didn't seem to matter a whole hell of a lot, but that was uh, infuriating. We ranted about that. You won't hear it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my guy was like, ah, oh, yes, this is like prison. I have to hit the biggest guy here. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, well, for a long time, that was a story. If you were a rookie in the NHL, hello, lights flickering. Um, you kind of just went out of your way to either fight or hit the most important person you could find. And then you would get hit by their biggest person, and uh, yeah, or you'd fight their to... enforcer or something. But yeah. countless um, stories of guys like trying to like smack Crosby in the head or Gretzky or something, like trying to like show that they have what it takes to stay in the game. 
So I, and I, I don't know if I got that impression from this, but yeah, I, I think that it was an accident. A lot of people are trying to say like, Hey, he ended up getting suspended, but it was bullshit because he didn't mean to lay that hit. I don't think he meant to lay that hit. Um, but the fact of the matter is he did. And when he did, he injured another player and they don't want that to happen. So it doesn't yeah, matter I mean, if you mean to or whole... not. If you do, if you commit a crime, you do the fucking time. The whole I didn't mean to shit is like pretty dumb to yeah. me. Like there's a lot of crimes that I'm sure somebody didn't mean to do, but still did it and face consequences. <laughs> yeah. So I, know, I eat shit. There was a, a really bad hit on a Kings player a couple of weeks back. Um, and it was delivered by a wild player and watching that play. I don't get the feeling that the wild player meant to do that, but he fucked up and he got suspended too. So at least they're trying to enforce that sort of thing consistently. Tom Wilson got suspended. That's that was a whole thing. He fucking sent Brandon Carlo to the goddamn hospital immediately. Yep. Department of Player Safety has been a little frustrating in the consistency aspect. I think recently they've gotten most of their calls right. Yeah, I. I think there's a lot of stuff they miss. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I don't absolutely. have good concrete examples, but. I think there's uh, about a hit every couple of days where I'm like, that should be looked at, and then it just doesn't. Did they did they look at that Suzuki hit last night? Um because that's a that's a perfect example of one. Are you talking about the one where he ran into Corey Perry? Uh no, he got, got he injured. got hit from behind yesterday. Oh, did he? Because yeah. I saw a clip of him running into Corey Perry and then leaving the game, but that's the last I saw. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he did. Maybe he Corey Perry's on his team spot. Um, no, somebody, somebody rammed some Montreal Canadiens player from behind, uh, here's your replay noted Habs fan, uh, posted about it a lot. So that's why I saw it. Um, mm. but it was a, a nasty board from behind that resulted in an injury. Um, and I'm not sure if they had any supplemental discipline go for that. Apparently I usually the, keep up with that stuff, but I missed it this time. Apparently the, the hit isn't even registered in like the log of like hits that happened in the game. Um, which is a weird mm. bit of info that he that he posted. Uh, um, very weird. That sucks. Uh, so the full list of Colorado Avalanche injuries is Connor Timmins, defenseman, day to day, which could mean anything when it comes to Jared Bednar and the Colorado Avalanche, because most of these people were day to day before they went on injured reserve. Um, J- JT Comfer, day to day. Cal McCarr, injured reserve. No idea what's going on. Upper body. Um. No obvious injuries. Uh, Bowen Byram is on injured reserve, but should be coming back soon, according to the reports that I have seen. Same thing. Um, no obvious injury that we saw. No obvious injury. We think it could be concussion know. because he got in a fight in that uh, Arizona, that first Arizona game. Um, in Arizona, I wouldn't call it a fight. He uh, took he punches. He got bodied. Yeah. <laughs> And the last one, uh, Dennis Gilbert. For some reason, there's no Franco or EJ on this list, but they are also injured. They're on long-term uh, injured reserve, so maybe that's why they're not on that list. Maybe, but they have they have regular injured reserve people. I don't know why LTIR would be any different. Um, other than because like, it doesn't the cap, the cap so yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, Depends where you are. Are you what website? Uh, ESPN. Uh, who is picking up the TV contract, and that'll be exciting because I won't have to hear Pierre talk about hockey anymore. I'd rather listen to Pierre than Wyshynski, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, uh, fair. 
Listen, dude, he called fucking Alex Newhook Joseph Newhook. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, you can tell me Dan Renouf's second grade PE teacher's name, but you can't tell me Alex Newhook's fucking name. Are you kidding me? To clarify, Pierre? yeah, Pierre, not Wyshynski. Yeah, uh, so it's annoying. Avalanche riddled with injuries, especially on the defense. Um, for no apparent good reason. Very fun. Yeah, I mean, I think we're tired with the Blues right now. And uh, man days lost or whatever. Fuck no. I think we have it worse. Oh, okay. um, just current injuries. Yeah. I mean, there's could be worse, too. They've been kind of fucked like we have. I couldn't tell you, though. Hmm. I think Tarasenko just makes up man days lost out of, like, four seasons of not playing. So. Fair enough. <laughs> that guy cannot catch a break. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird because people are, they even were saying this on NBC, but when they were listing the Avs defensive injuries, they didn't mention EJ at first. Somebody eventually did later, but every time, they mentioned it like seven or eight times in the game and mentioned EJ one of those times. Yeah. And that's the same on like Twitter and that's the same on like discussion, like NHL network things. Nobody ever mentions EJ and I feel like people are just like, He's done. Like people think he's done or something. Like he's just gonna marry Hosa and disappear from the league. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who Marion Hosa is, but uh, Colin Wilson. <laughs> really? Uh, you don't no, know about um, that was a joke. I feel like that was a big story back at the time. He's that Blackhawks player that uh, suddenly disclosed that he had a severe allergy to the uh, like equipment that they wear. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Like it makes his skin burst out in rashes, so he couldn't play anymore. And they dropped about like seven million dollars off the Blackhawks cap. <laughs> no, I do remember that. I was just trying to make a joke about me loving Colin Wilson. Oh, um, I see. Dude's my homie. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Avalanche, uh, get fucked, I guess. You will be injured forever. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I mentioned this earlier, but I think it's pretty tight that we have an AHL defense for the most part. And are still the best defensive team in the league. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. I think that speaks to the system and the players that are playing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like McCarr is going to come back. Byram's going to come back. Timmons, I don't know if he'll make enough of an impact or not, or if they'll just want to keep like McDonald or something. Um, well, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about the Avs right now. Aside from some frustrations with scoring and stuff, I know I fucking reamed some of them earlier, but for the most part... I didn't even feel doomy the last couple of days. I just really hated that Ducks game more than anything. So I do have a question. And maybe this doesn't yep. apply to Makar and Byram specifically because of the contracts that they are currently on. Um, but there was discussion going on around one Nikita Kucherov uh, yesterday. So he had hip surgery. He's been on LTIR. He has been unable to play for the team. Um, and if uh, either either of you ha- end up having questions about this, please, please ask them because it's kind of a complicated situation. So when you are on long-term injured reserve, your money not only doesn't go up against the salary cap, the maximum amount of money that each team is allowed to pay for their players, but that uh, man- money actually gets added on. Um, so you can financially finagle a situation where you are allowed to bring on one or two extra people, depending on how much they cost. If you have enough money in LTIR. Um, And people are mad about the Tampa Bay lightning keeping Nikita Kucherov on LTIR after this injury 
because it appears that he might be game ready now, if not like soon. Um, and they say that he will not be available until the playoffs. And the salary cap doesn't apply in the playoffs, so he could come back without penalty. Yes. Um, so, first of all, let's just say, I don't know if this is what Tampa's doing, because I'm not a doctor, and I couldn't tell you if Nikita Kucherov is going to be ready or not, right? But even if they are, this is gaming a system, right? And whether or not you are, like, against that on principle, there is, like, literally nothing wrong with it, right? Um... In the Avalanche's case, I don't think that they would be finagling for the salary cap because they are making essentially league minimum between Byram and Makar. Um, but I could see it being done as load management. Um, do you think that maybe no. they're trying to keep him fresh, or do you think that like there might actually be something going on? No, I think something's wrong. There's no reason to load manage them. Um, if Landy is going to fucking come back from having a kid after one game and McKinnon's going to come back after three with a concussion, like, no, they're actually hurt. Fair. There's no reason. Nothing like that. No, they don't, neither of them gain anything from not playing. Um, especially like a Byram would need that development. And I would argue Kale also has more to give. Okay. Well, um, then what about EJ? I mean, EJ. Like I, I think there's not even like kind of a discussion about Makar um, or Byram with the salary cap. Um, EJ, I would think he's just hurt too. Yeah, I would think that it benefits us from a salary cap perspective. It clearly um, does. But I mean, he's had leg problems the whole playoffs. Whole last year, he was having issues. He was even having issues missing games this year, and then comes back and then gets knocked on his fucking head, scrambles his eggs like. I feel like there's a lot of pretty clear and obvious injuries to him that it's hard to sit here and say, yep, they're just keeping him out because fuck him. Also, I think he's a clear, like, he's a clear benefit to our blue line. Watching the abs with EJ and without EJ is night and day. And Taves has mitigated a lot of that this year, but it still was the case. EJ on the ice, effective, like, was so effective still, even after, like, being injured, so... Uh, I think if they could have him out there, they'd want him out there. I agree. Um, I guess I was just kind of playing devil's advocate advocate there to maybe drum up a little bit of discussion, but I mean... Well, then I Francis don't... makes no money, right? So, like, it's not uh, a case of, like... He makes $2 million. He makes enough I've... for it to, like, if they wanted to be super cheap about it, but at the same time, that dude is probably... They're not going to throw Hunter Miska in a game to, like save on Francois's salary. Yeah, I mean they're cup they're cup contenders. I don't think they're I don't think they're playing games. Um I think that Tampa would prefer to have Kucherov. I think going so far as to say like, oh yeah, they don't want a Hart trophy winner on their team in the fucking regular season. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. Hint Wyshinsky saying shit like that. Like I think they're still the first place team in the fucking league. So yeah, I think they're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um this conversation came because I had lots of Twitter discourse on this, um, yeah. where Wyshynski said that it makes no sense for them to keep Kucherov out because what about the regular season when they are a team that has shown that they will sacrifice regular season success for playoff success? So I found that argument to be very bad. 
And even if they weren't, even if they weren't sacrificing, like they're still the best team in the league right now. <laughs> they're playing amazingly. They're first place. Like, well, the Hurricanes are actually good ahead teams. of them in their division when it comes to percentage. It looks like no, just period. Yeah, but okay, weird. Well, then that's changed because the Carolina Hurricanes have been doing good. Yeah. But I wouldn't change that. Like, I wouldn't use that as a knock for you need to bring Kucherov in. Oh no, not no. They're not gonna. They're not going to play Kucherov before he is ready. Um, well, in and order they to can't try to play take Kucherov the one seed now. from from Hurricanes, right? Because of the cap stuff, they can't play him right now. So, um, but they can in the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think it's a pretty clear. <laughs> I think it's a pretty clear cap circumvention measure and could be punished if the league felt as if they needed to do so. Um, and I think going forward, they do need to do so. Um, I just think that with the way that the rules are stated right now, they're not doing anything wrong. We'll see. Um, Producer Drew says, as long as they don't stay in playoff range, they do not give a fuck, and I am inclined to agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the reason that I was going pretty hard on it on Twitter against uh, a couple couple of people that were giving me guff about it is that one i i don't think they're doing anything wrong but i do think it sets a really bad precedent for people to try to make their teams better in a way that is unfair while also delivering a worse product on the ice during the regular season and i think that that is something that the league definitely doesn't want i would say they're doing something wrong i don't like it I think that using your cap to get a bunch of extra stuff that you benefit from and then also benefiting even more come playoffs because you were allowed to do that is like trash. So I would personally say that I think it's doing something wrong, but yeah, you know, uh, I am a person who doesn't like it. Like I say they're doing nothing wrong, but I'm not saying like, like it, I like it. They should do it right. Because it's clearly a problem that needs to be addressed at some point, but I'm also just like, you can't throw the book at them because the book supports what they're doing, right? Yeah, I guess I'd have to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would need to have the specific rules in front of me. I feel like maybe it's such a problem that people are complaining about that I'd say there's an argument that maybe it doesn't support them and that it's a discretionary basis that they're not getting disciplined. But yeah, and if that's the wrong. case, it needs to probably be investigated at the very least. Um, I do not claim to know every fucking rule in the rule book i'm not a ref but maybe that actually qualifies me to be a ref based on the refing this year so um how many eye appointments have you missed this year i haven't gotten two years so i'm fucking oh, suiting up dude you're perfect. Get me on the ice. you're absolutely perfect mm -hmm. yeah it was going to be a year then COVID happened so <laughs> <laughs> dylan and devin thoughts on cap circumvention the most uh <laughs> engaging aspect of hockey i mean you and i had a conversation while you were talking about it on twitter i think devin was there as well if i'm not mistaken i believe he was because i was zoning out when i was supposed oh, to be helping you guys with hockey yeah well it's whatever but i mean from what i understood then and now it does sound kind of not great just good jobs there mckinnon for reference. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not great from a practice perspective. Whether or not they can be penalized as it is now, I obviously don't know if you guys don't even know. 
But, yeah, I mean, that's about the only take I can make at the moment. And you're more right than most people who have watched hockey for years. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, did you have anything to add, Devin, or should we move on? No, I don't really have much to add on that. All right, cool. You don't even know who the Tampa Bay Lightning are, bro. <laughs> I bet he doesn't even know where the Tampa Bay Lightning play. I was actually thinking. <laughs> Look, all I know is is the Honda West Division, okay? <laughs> well, I was actually going to say I was thinking about that. I'm like, there's so much interesting stuff on other teams and so many good players and stuff that you're just not exposed to ever because of the format of the uh, yeah. you know, COVID season. But, like, you guys don't get to see... You guys don't get to see, like, Adam Werner give up five goals to Connor McDavid or anything like that. Yeah, like, I feel Uh, like McKinnon, Kaprizov, Stone, Tarasenko, like, those kind of players are, like, the most exciting players in this division. Why did you say Kaprizov? Uh, Because I hate Kaprizov. Kaprizov, not Kaprizov. Put some Uh, respect on his name. No. Wow. All my homies hate Krill. That's what Krillin Capri Sun. <laughs> Krillin Capri Sun, my Krillin? favorite wild player. <laughs> uh, that guy is fucking unreal. I hate that the wild have such a good player. Passes me off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the West, real quick update on the West. As of today, Avalanche move into third place ahead of the Blues. Uh, sitting the Blues there. dropped from second, huh? Yeah, they dropped from second. That's how tight the uh, the top of this division is right now. As we've said Shit before, the, the only thing that matters is playoffs. So you just want to be in the top four um, at the very least. Uh, we move ahead of the Blues by one point. Uh, Blues at 33. We're at 34. We're one point behind the Wild, who are sitting at 35. And the Golden Knights are sitting at the top at 37. Uh, thing to note is that we have two games in hand on the Blues, which means that we are actually doing much better than them than just the one point suggests for now. Um, Vegas has a game in hand on us, and we're even with Minnesota, so that's pretty tight. Yeah, Vegas is probably going to have a pretty firm stranglehold on the top there, barring a catastrophic second half of this year. I mean, there's ups and downs for every team, right? I could see it happening. Yeah, They slipped a little bit. Um, I don't think they will ever slip out of a playoff spot. I think oh, that no. the Avalanche and the Knights are firmly in the playoffs. Um, the Wild, if they continue to play as well as they have, they I think they've stamped their ticket. I think they're in. I, well, okay. So the Wild actually remind me of like the 17-18 Avs. Okay. Where they're just kind of a corpse getting dragged along by a, a player or a line. And then some solid defensive people um i would say that they could probably pretty easily get picked apart but do you but do you think that with the points that they've banked already that that might help them help keep them afloat Uh, i don't know i feel like it's close enough okay i feel like the kings and the ducks are pretty far down same with the sharks so like it's kind of anybody's game but you know they're not that far away. The point spread in this division is not super huge, right? So yeah, um, I just I don't know. So like AJ said this, but it's not like I don't agree. Yeah. Um, but like I don't know. I think this is their peak, right? I think this is the best they can play. 
And I think in the same way as like a early Avs team after the cursed season, this is kind of like a parallel to that. So the best part about it is if that is true, and if that's true, that means that they are probably not going to have a whole lot of playoff success, right? So the Wild will have entered this season poised in a position to rebuild, had a have a hot young player that drags them to the playoffs, and they will continue to be mediocre forever. He's not even young. He's like 26. Uh, still youngish. Not in hockey years. Youngish. Smile. No. <laughs> no, uh, and so like one of the reasons he's so good, even though he is a rookie, is because he has played in the KHL for se- for several years, um, and completely dominated over there. And it's just been a while for the Wild to bring him back over. It's the same age as me. Happy to see that I'm doing something with my life. <laughs> uh, listen, looking at you, Nathan McKinnon. Also, <laughs> listen, Kaprizov and McKinnon. Are you gonna make this a thing? Uh, I. Don't is know this, what you're talking is this, about. Is this going to be a Rize thing? <laughs> Kapritzov. Kapritzov. Kapretzels. Uh, <laughs> Krillin Kapretzels. Fucking. Krillin Kapretzels. <laughs> uh, so Kaprizov and uh, McKinnon might be making millions of dollars a year playing in a sport with uh, only a small percentage of all humanity being able the best to of the best, the most elite. best of the best, the most elite, but they will never have as mediocre a podcast as us. <laughs> <laughs> I can say with confidence that Nathan McKinnon or Krillin Kapretzels, neither will ever have a shiny silver, uh, shiny silver. So I got that going for me. I am a much better Pokemon player than they are, and I will take that to my grave. Commendable. Very commendable. A hero <laughs> of the people. Yeah. Um. So, like, aside from that, does anybody have some final thoughts? Do you think Kirill Kaprizov won $200 from DNVR and got a Byram jersey? I don't. I think maybe he gets authentic jerseys <laughs> delivered to his house quite regularly, <laughs> uh, but maybe for a different reason. Listen, we don't need to get into the details here, okay? <laughs> This is irrelevant additional information that does not affect my point. <laughs> not in any way. Uh, alrighty. So, I guess without further ado, let's back this podcast out, uh, get it ready to be shipped onto the internet. If you want to find us, the show Twitter... Damn, did you workshop that? Uh, yeah. Laid there in bed writing some shit down in your notebook no, thinking exactly. about that one. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I, uh, I spend lots of prep time on this. I definitely was not editing the Word document right before we were about to go live. Yeah, um, totally. I wasn't sitting there watching it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely was not putting in, uh, you know, Fortnite funny lyrics. <laughs> no, document. definitely not. We are more professional than that. So you can follow the show on Twitter at Grit Hockey Cast. Uh, this you is... know, you need to play in the background of that Fortnite song, just like as it fucking, you know, as it swells, and then have it break into the chorus as we all sign off. <laughs> no, is there an eight bit version of the original? I actually looked that up, and no. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, so as, as soon as you say 
you can keep this in. That's fine. As soon as you say this is a very serious podcast, we work very hard here. We just need to have that start playing in the background. <laughs> Are you gonna uh, let me uh, let me do the plug or what? Uh, if I have more interruptions, I will use them. But for now, go ahead. Proceed. Uh, so you can follow the show's Twitter at Grit Hockey Cast. This is likely going to by far be the best way to contact us if anybody wants to contact us. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Kumodere. That is K-U-M-O-D-E-R-E. And you can find Jake on Twitter. I can't find him. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. At Jake. <laughs> <laughs> At anime as leaders. Anime as leaders. Um, I do have one stipulation if you want to contact us. Uh, taking a look at some of the metrics, we have a listener in Belgium. Uh, that's very cool. Um, except for if you're a person with a VPN uh, coming in from Belgium. Take that to your grave. Do not tell me anything. <laughs> I need to feel special. <laughs> It's some random, like, Belgian internet web-crawling AI thing that's like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, with that in mind, uh, peace out. See ya. See you guys in 16 games. The end of the fucking season. (laughs) (laughs) Later.